You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazid. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 97 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am Sinan Schwarten, live from New York City, and we're back. Uh, and back with me is, of course, everyone's favorite co-host, coming in from Belgium, Conbiazid, everyone! How you doing, sir? Doing fine, thanks. Uh, just as, uh, as, as you introduced me, my dog starts being uh, loud, but I don't think you can hear her. She she's, she heard some noise. But uh, all good, thank you. How about yourself? Well, happy 2020! Indeed, yeah. It's a, it's a, a New Year's episode. Uh, you missed our Christmas special, so you missed the bell. I don't know if you heard the... Uh... You listened, but so we had our Christmas bells in there, of course. But so, yeah, for the new year, uh, of course, we have not much football to talk, but uh, there's still a lot of news, of course. And on the personal front, yes, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> Another year, you know, uh, not, not, not too much to talk about, honestly. A nondescript celebration. Uh, I did drink some champagne, which, uh, you know, you never go wrong, but... How about you? Well, what did you have uh, for for big Christmas dinner and uh, then for the New Year celebration? Anything special? Anything fancy? Uh, yeah. Well, this isn't. Uh, my apologies to uh, my Muslim brothers and sisters out there <laughs> who are going to hear this, but I had a giant smoked ham, <laughs> which was delicious, mm. really quite nice, but uh, not you know it was very haram. I suppose if, uh, if anyone's taking notes out there, but uh, yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, on Christmas, we had uh, what we always do on Christmas, which has been a tradition since I was a, a little boy, a wee little boy. We did a gourmet, uh, which basically just, uh, I don't know, I mean, uh, gourmet has a different meaning in English, I guess. Uh, it's more like a, a way of cooking, I think. Gourmet but, just means uh, it's like, like fancy, kind of, you know? Oh, okay. So, well, what we call what we do with uh, gourmet is uh, it's just like tiny little meats, and we we bake them on like a like a plate, and like sit around a table, and like kind of like when you go to one of those Japanese restaurants where they cook the food for you, basically. Sure, sure. Kind of. You could compare it a little bit to that, I think. Okay. Uh, so that's just something we, we we've always done with the family. We back in the day we used to do that with the entire family, um, in in a big. Uh, party room or whatever uh, now we just do it in, with the, with a more intimate ap- uh, atmosphere just me my mom my stepdad uh, Kim and then obviously my son maybe a kind uh, of cross and- between like the Japanese grill and like uh, tapas sort of like little plates 
Well, it no. Well, it's 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 just all little like little sausages, uh, bits of uh, like a, a, str- a string of bacon. Uh, uh, oh, you were so you were also uh, not a real Turk uh, in quotes. This is, uh, how oh no, I, I I am made of plastic for sure. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then on uh, on on New Year's Eve, uh, we always spend that at uh, at Kim's uh, family, and that's just uh, like a. What what do we have? I think stufflies, <laughs> uh, fries, uh, croquette. Uh, yeah, okay, just uh, typical Belgian stuff, really. Uh, so good. yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, I I honestly don't really know what the the sort of typical American Christmas dinner is supposed to be. I know, you know obviously Thanksgiving is pretty well laid out, the turkey and all mm. that, mashed potatoes, etc. But so uh, I know a lot of people do pretty much the same thing again. For Christmas, but I mean, honestly, it's a great meal. I like it. I, I can see the logic in doing it more than once a year, but they're a little close together. Uh, and so then I, you know, I know the ham thing is common as well. So we just kind of went with something that people do just to sort of see what all the, the hubbub was about. Um, ham sounds good, though. I mean, like, uh, is it like one of those hams with honey? Yeah, exactly. The stuff? big kind of, oh. you know, yeah, exactly. Um, it was delicious, yeah. honestly. It was really quite good. But, you know. That does sound uh, that does sound appetite. I actually didn't have a proper dinner today, so you're making me hungry. <laughs> actually, I did it to myself because I was the one who started this conversation. Yeah, your fault. Your fault. Uh, but yeah, let's get back on topic. We do have a bit of football here to talk about. Um, one match, actually, just the one, which uh, lately we've we've had, we've been like stacking them up. Uh, so it's it's a kind of refreshing. A breath of fresh air here that we we're only having to discuss the one. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about Besiktas's match against Gensler on uh, December 27th. Uh, and it was a big match, I think, going into it because it was vital that we come away with three points. No exceptions, no one point, no silver linings on it. Um, Besiktas was in somewhat dire straits having dropped uh, results against Yeni Malatya and then, of course, Fener in the big derby. Uh, not to mention the European debacle and uh, the match against 24 Erzincanspor, which just sort of compounded the misery, although we didn't have anything really riding on either of those matches. But so anyway, going into this match, yeah, things were not looking good. Um, Khan, before we talk about the match itself, did you have any, like, can you remember how you were feeling going into this match? I I imagine you may have been a little nervous like, like the rest of us. Uh, well, just disappointed, really, that Burak got injured again. Um, yeah, that was just pre-match that that had been announced, basically, right? Yeah, and, and uh, well, I, I, I felt kind of comfortable that we would win the match, especially coming out of the... I just knew that even if we would be too incompetent to do so, that we would get help just uh, as a form of uh, compensation, you know, from the, the screw, the, well, the, the screw job. Well, yeah, and we had well, mentioned, you know, um, the VAR controversy uh, in the derby, really, where we got screwed over by VAR, I think. I still stand by the fact that I think Fenerbahce deserved the ma- to win the match. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Based on, you know, fairly on, on the, the spirits. Yeah, the spirit they showed compared to our very disappointing uh, lack of th- thereof, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that does not excuse uh, the, the 
Junaid Checker and, and the, the VAR guys or whoever made the decision not to give us the penalty on Vida or Nkudu uh, to just, uh, you know, basically f*** us over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so but, but, but due to that, I was kind of confident that uh, whoever was going to get assigned to this match, which was happened to be Firat Aydinus, was going to do the job, so to speak, to make sure that we wouldn't be too upset and uh, kind of uh, sued us like a little baby, basically. <laughs> and I think even uh, Ahmed Nurchebi uh, said Yeah, no, Evran uh, and I reported at the end of the last episode that uh, he, had been, he had gone to the TFF with his complaint and all that stuff, you know, so... Yeah, something was coming back for sure, you know. But um, so going into the match, I guess I'll talk about the lineup really quickly. Uh, because Burak was out, Umut Nair was starting up front. Maybe the only real surprise, uh, Diaby uh, was playing on the right wing and Unkudu finally got a start on the left. Adem Lijajic uh, in the number 10 role. Again, we saw El Neni and Atiba in the midfield, in the back of the midfield, I guess we could say, uh, with Doma Gojvida and Victor Ruiz back again uh, with Jane Erkin and Gokan Gonu on the flanks and Loris Karius in the goal. Um, any thoughts on the lineup there? I mean, really, there was no surprise, I would say, honestly, especially given that Burak was out. I don't think anyone was surprised to see Umut Nair. Um I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that Nkuru started. I did not think he would start uh, because I, I just thought that uh, from some of the stuff that Abdullah Avci has said in the past, I, I thought he was probably going to like ease him in a little bit, but I was happy he started. And didn't Adam Leitch start on the bench? No, he started in the game. In the, uh, okay. Because yeah. uh, there was some talk about him not getting a, a start, I believe, uh, which I was kind of upset about. Uh, but uh, then I, I, it's been <laughs> by this, it's already been <laughs> A while, yeah, now, so, so yeah, uh, I don't, uh, the, you know, the mindset bringing me back is not 100% working. Fair enough, no, um, no, and and, yeah. and uh, I think it'd be easy to forget because o Ozan would come into the match and make a big impact. Uh, I mean, I will say that I think uh, Liage, I mean, everyone was really poor in the first half of this match, but I uh, didn't sort of settled in and he played the whole match, right? Carlson. Pretty good, uh, but yeah, let's let's get into it and and jog Khan's memory here a little. Um, I have just recently rewatched the highlights of the match, so I can finally be the the informed one and not. I'm usually the one sort of fumbling around for the uh, the info, so I'm I'm proud of myself for doing my research today. Um, but so yeah, this game got kicked off and it was pretty much a nightmare for us. Uh, even though it should not have been at all. Um, Nadir Chipshi got himself a yellow card and then immediately a red card. It was a bit mysterious. We, we were just talking about Firat Aydin was coming in to, to rig things for us. Um, I, I think we can all assume something was said that, that triggered the red card after the yellow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I... Honestly, I thought it was a farce of a red, uh, but uh, surprisingly, a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of Galatasaray Fenerbahce fans say, "Oh, it's a, that's a normal red card." For me, it was. Uh, I think in in the eleventh minute of a, of a match, I don't think you do that. Uh, also, because of the fact that. I mean, look, if he really said something terrible, then okay, you, you basically can't just ignore it as a referee. But I honestly don't think it was that bad, probably. I don't know what he supposedly said. But I think you need to put yourself in the player's shoes for a moment yeah, there, because I, I think like, that... Yeah. No, I was going to say, I feel yeah, like especially I, Turkish society is very uh, puritanical about like the language people use and curse words and stuff. And it's, 
for me, like, uh, you know, it's too much attention paid to something that's really like, does that really impact the match in a yeah, way that plus, needs I to mean, like be clamped down on? You need to keep in mind that that, that he got fault really. I think Domagoj Vida yeah. had a dangerous high boot on him, yeah. and then he got the fall called against yeah. him. So that's something that I can. Uh, you have to keep in mind when you're playing for a small team, a smaller team. With all due respect for Genshin, yeah, really, no, when you're playing for a team like that and you go away to Fenerbahce to Besiktas to Galatasaray, you know that you're playing in a, in a difficult Hostile, environment where difficult. the referee. Yeah. is probably going to you know give the 50 50 calls uh, quicker to the home side <coughs> yeah, than it is sure. to you and that's a frustrating thing um and i think then if you have something that which blatantly is look this is a fall on the guy and then it doesn't get called i can see how that can get very frustrating really quickly and on top that's of it at this point Gensler has, has played the much better game and they're they're really attacking and i think they're looking for that kind of payoff that they've maybe earned and so he's probably ex especially disappointed to have that called against him when they could they could have used a free kick outside of the box there to, to sort of galvanize the momentum they they put a, put a, to put together against Besiktas at that point on the road as you say with all of those conditions. So mm -hmm. yeah, no tough, one hundred percent tough for sure. Uh, but you know, anyway, even even after they they go a man down and things look terrible to be honest you know uh, Tash continues to be terrible well past the red card and just I think it was 11 minutes later in the 23rd minute 12 minutes later um, Floyd Aite for against their midfielder scores and mm -hmm. Besiktas goes down a goal <laughs> at home um, a man <laughs> up so that's not promising uh, the goal was deflected Karius um, probably lets it roll out of control yeah, spills it spills it a little too much the first the save in the first place was nice to be honest but uh you know the, there's two parts of the save the save itself and then uh what you're doing yeah. post save kind of and i was i was kind of harsh on on Karius there because i think it was a combination of oh my god i can't believe we're going down against 10 men again because you know remember it happened a couple of weeks ago against kasim pasha too um and just you know the frustration of the back-to-back -back losses and then you expect you know at that moment you expect it's more it's less of being disappointed in Karius as an individual more in the team as For a sure. whole that look I expect the team to be 100% focused yeah. on this. Before this, this match started, not this, after going yeah, down to, a goal like that. Yeah, and to put this match away beyond any shadow of a doubt, you need to see a reaction. And I kind of felt like the team fell flat in the opening minutes, and, and then uh, you get that that lucky almost red card where I was kind of upset about just the fact that they gave it. Uh, and, and even the, the fans at the stadium, uh, they, they booed uh, as uh, the teams walked off at halftime. Uh, they booed throughout Aydinus for that first red card that he gave. So I don't think you'll see that too no, often yeah. where the whole crowd <laughs> yeah. boos the referee for a red card to the away side. I, I honestly can't remember a single I mean, time. And honestly, I've ever seen I talk that. a lot of crap about our fan base, I think often, you know, and how irrational we are about certain things. But so credit to us on mm -hmm. that. I think that's a sort of classy gesture. Even oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I remember uh, Trabzonspor going to Galatasaray and getting a ridiculous red card. Uh, remember when Sali Uchan pulled out, uh, picked up the yellow card that the ref dropped. Uh, 
and uh, and then he showed it to the to the to the referee, and then he got sent off. Yeah. And uh, that you was know, funny. I, I love that. Fans, that was so hilarious. Yeah, but I think our fans would 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 act with more class and would actually boo the ref. And what do Galtrai fans do? They just start chanting "Ole Ole" as they are beating nine nine or eight men yeah, uh, uh, who, who were actually who they needed those red cards to beat, mind you. So well, I think there's a difference there. And, sure. and you jumped the gun actually before we even got to the half. Uh, Yasin Pelivan mm -hmm. would get himself red carded as well. It was first, yeah. it was, and it was probably a red card. That this one, I think, merited. Oh, 100%. It. Uh, it first was yeah, called was a yellow 100%. card, though, and they actually went to VAR. Mm -hmm. This was remarkably responsible, and for me, this is where um, the whole making sure things don't go against us really goes into play. Because I don't think we get the benefit of the doubt for them to go back after giving a yellow card to, to find out that it was in fact a red card offense. So I was sort of pleased by that, although I, I, I'm weary because I don't know if we get that yeah. that call every time. And this may be just to yeah, satisfy us. the kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, this was 100% the correct decision. And, you know, you don't even bat an eyelash at it, really. Uh, but the, the question is, would this have happened if it weren't for what happened a week prior? And, I, I, you know, this is why I like FAR. And why I am a big proponent of it because of stuff like this. I think stuff like this needs to be nipped in the bud. I think tackles like that do not belong on the football pitch. Look, sometimes shit happens. It's wet, so you can sl slide through a little bit per accident, or you know, you just time a tackle poorly. But that's part of the game. And if you take that risk, and you take a risk to take a red card, I think this is 100% what VAR should be used for. But then we see, like for example, a couple of you know, remember the Denizli match where Isaac Saki basically almost broke. Broke uh, Diaby's ankle and 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 doesn't even get uh, doesn't even get a yellow card yeah. and and then the, the other guy just sta stamping stomping on on Janner's Achilles heel. There's two moments there which are both dark red cards which did not go too far. So I mean you, you'd expect this to be uh, this this decision to have happened either way. But honestly, if you can go back and look at at the Newsley game where we had two very big moments where it was dark red cards where they didn't even check far then i honestly don't know anymore <laughs> yeah. and that's one of the big everything yeah. like the, the rules are so blurry nowadays um no no you're well, right it, it's, it's true it's always it's always been like that in Turkish football where, where there has been zero consistency in officiating and um, it, it kind of feels malicious. And I really hoped to my naivete, I hoped that FAR would change that. But honestly, it hasn't changed things. It, just, it just has just moved the controversy to a different uh, point yeah. where before you still had the plausible deniability. Oh, well, they didn't see it. And, but now but we're now starting to get like doctored images by uh official twitter accounts <laughs> like we've reached a new like low i honor I, like where you have to skirt the truth even more uh like dirty yeah. we'll, we'll see where this all goes i mean was... yeah now you can't plead ignorance anymore as referees and it only makes it worse because it only makes it seem more exactly. malicious and i do have to say that very often um we, even with farts, sometimes it's just difficult. Yeah. But there's just blatant stuff like this where there should be no comment. And you know, they even uh, to, to to go back to the Junai Chaker penalty position on Vida. Um, actually, the the head of the referee commission, uh, Zekeria Alp, actually made a statement on that. He he had a big press conference the other day, and he actually talked about this. He said, "Look." I agree, this is a penalty for us. This also looks like a penalty. Uh, the conversation that happened between uh, Junaid Chakir and the VAR ref, the VAR ref 
did mention to uh, Jenner Chakir to come take a look. Jenner Chakir said no because this for me this is a this is a this is a um, how do they call it uh, a physical duel, but in Turkish they call it ikile uh, mujadle, which means one on one battle basically for the ball. And then the ref and then the VAR referee just uh, you know like uh, spineless uh, apparently. But what do you expect from Mete Kalkavan? Uh, said yes, you're right. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if it's that easy to to pat away, yeah, to, exactly. That's I not mean, really that, like an institution, that, is it? They're just there to. The difference, I think, the the difference, I think, where I think if this would have been a handball, I don't think it could have been ignored. Where here he can say, okay, it's a physical duel between two players. When there's a handball on the robocho thing, you the referee has to go yeah, look. Yeah. Because uh, the intent is kind of taken out of, of 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 handball these days when it comes in the penalty area, uh, and especially with, with well with shots on goal for sure it's kind of taken out there. The intent doesn't matter anymore. I'm not quite 100% clear how that works with crosses, uh, because well quite frankly uh, they haven't po- properly clarified that. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's yeah, it just still feels like we got by a double standard, but whatever. Uh, let's get back to this. As match. we tend to do, really. Um, but yeah, so at the half, I mean, so even still, there were maybe almost even ten minutes with all the extra time, uh, where we were now two men up, and still I think Gensler looked kind of the stronger side, to be honest. But so at the half, we would get a sub finally. I mean, I guess you can't expect it in the first half, but uh, Ozan would come in for Diaby who was really pretty bad in the first half. I mean, he was on an island again, but, eh, you know, whatever. With Umut Nair, you really need a little more support than what Diaby provides from a wing position. So, uh, anyway, Ozan comes in, and and the whole tactic gets sort of flapped around a little bit. But uh, immediately, an impact. In the 49th minute, just four minutes in, uh, Domingos Vida on a beautiful... Uh, back heel from Atiba. Uh, it finds Domagoj Vida, who puts it in uh, with his head. Uh, at first, the defender kind of clears it in quotations off the line, but it's like really, I don't know, four feet past the line already. It's, it's a clear goal. They try to pretend, pretend like it's not, but they, they, they blow the whistle, confirm that it is a goal. Besiktas has equalized one to one. Uh, and Atiba Hutchinson has assist number one. That's a bit of a prelude there. Uh, do you recall this goal, Khan? Uh, yeah, I think I recall all of them. Uh, yeah, this one, I, I didn't think it was a clear from the replays that I saw, but, you know, I figured, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was pretty well over the line. They, they, they gave okay. us a few angles that made it clear. Um, okay. But so from there, things look better immediately. Uh, I, it's it's rare we get to say this and it's uh, very welcome for me anyway uh, Ozan made an immediate impact uh, connecting things linking the midfield the formation change probably helped a little again uh, also a little desperation and um, perhaps Abdul Avci finally laid into these guys at the half who knows but still about 10 11 minutes go by with Beshtash pressing but not really seeing the result and then again in a flash of Atiba magic uh, in the 60th minute, 
it's like uh, Gensler is clearing. They send the ball upfield kind of haphazardly. Atiba connects with, with that in a, on a volley. So off of a Gensler clearance, he connects with it. One touch slams it upfield a lot, like perfect, like on a line drive up along the wing. Nkudu gets on the other end of it with, with his just amazing pace, which I can't, mm-hmm. I just can't get over how, how much I love, I love it. Uh, and then in another thing we haven't been able to speak much of, beautiful touch by Nkudu, lofts it over the keeper into the goal in, in what will be a goal of the season, most likely. Uh, just yeah, so yeah, much yeah. beauty involved on each touch there. Uh, plus the significance of it, giving us the lead, you know, having gone from a goal down to now a goal up. Uh, yeah, just I can't say enough about this goal, honestly. It was, for me, it's definitely the goal of the season thus far. Uh, I've, if, if, if another goal comes around that's sort of more important, but less aesthetically pleasing, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. But so far, man, this was a beauty. Um, comments, Khan? No, it was. Uh, it's. I am. Uh, I like. I said on the football altar podcast. I am a huge sucker for lobs for a proper lobbed goal. Mm. Uh, for me, this was. Uh, I. I loved. I absolutely uh, adored this goal. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. just fantastic. Um, I just. Yeah. I, I loved seeing these types of goals. And so again, now Atiba has assist number two. Um. Two minutes later, yeah. Victor Ruiz gets himself a yellow card. Unfortunate. Uh, the guy's yeah. struck with injuries all the time. Now he's going to be risking. I don't even think it was a yellow card, honestly. Is uh... it was? Yeah, you know, that, I feel like this is one of those ones that are like, okay, we've helped you guys a bit. Now we're going to take a little bit back. Um, but it didn't didn't really uh, slow down our role by any stretch. Fourteen minutes later, another goal, and uh, again, uh, this time Atiba. Just, I don't know what's come over this guy. He was like a, just, it was a master class as far as a central midfielder rather than defense midfielder. So he's he's mastering a new role at 36. But uh, a beautiful little pass, like a chippy pass, again, kind of line drivey, right onto the foot of Ozan, who takes one nice dribble of the ball and slots it into this kind of corner of the goal. Kind of old school Ozan as far as the finish goes. Great to see. Um, just yeah. deserved, I think, <laughs> as far as him finally coming in, playing well, and then getting the sort of the, the stat line to to underline the performance. Uh, three to one, Besiktas. Now, of course, one must recall that we are two men up, but uh, yeah, still, that's that's very important. That's uh, we're, we are. Not, you can't take away the the masterclass that we've been getting from Atiba thus far in this match regardless because these moments of beauty uh don't res- don't they don't depend on whether there's nine or eleven men those are beautiful regardless but obviously the defense being in well, disarray uh, and all that it does depend i think because of uh you know the gaps that he has space opens. to work with and yeah yeah but they were I mean, this one in particular, this was a fantastic assist, I thought. I, 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 this was one of those, I can't believe it was Atiba that kicked I know, that I know. That's something you'd expect from, uh, from Adem Laich or uh, from, uh, from Janer or... I mean, this was a fantastic one. Honestly, and when also I the first, first one, the saw it, one. I was like, that had to have been Unkudu. Because, you know, you just saw from a distance, whatever, that he's black. And so I was like, oh, that's, that black. must have been Unkudu because that was such a beautiful touch. And then you get the closer look and it's, holy crap, that's Atiba. What the hell? Like, how... 
How did he even yeah. do that? Like, ugh, that was, I mean, stunning. Um, just what a match he's had at this point. Um, 70th minute, 75th minute, rather, Gensler gets a yellow. Uh, they make a few subs. Umut Nair gets a yellow in the 77th minute. Then they get a yellow, I think, in the sort of tussle. 83rd minute, Tyler Boyd comes into the match for Nkudu. So, um, good to see him. Uh, sort of inconsequential playing time here, but yeah, I was hoping he'd get on the score sheets, you know, because it was against nine men. I just hope I was just hoping oh, I'll let him get on the score sheet, but I just feel like we weren't really. I was disappointed in the fact that we weren't going for a monster score. We weren't pressing for it. Uh, yeah, we weren't pushing for it, and. Um, that's something that other clubs do sometimes, and I really felt like we should have done that, especially given the fact that we have a very bad uh, goal, goal scoring differential, uh, yeah. Dif- differential. Yeah, so I really thought that we should have gone for a 5-6 Well, and so we did uh, get gap. the fourth uh, in the 91st minute. It was on, on a corner, Johnny Erkin, uh, not at all like a oh. threatening one, but Atiba headed in at a crazy angle. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, I mean, again, just mir- miraculous. This one, I don't even know how he did it, to be honest. It, it was such a tight angle, uh, and it just sort of plopped in over the goalie, or, or over the keeper. I hate saying Yeah, goalie. it had to be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so one goal and three assists from Atiba Hutchinson. Uh, and the final score is 4-1. to one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we were certainly not, like, pressing for that fourth goal, and it really came out of nowhere. So your point stands. But, yeah, that, that's how it would end. In just four minutes of extra time, despite all those. When did we score the third goal? Seventy-third or something? Yes, that's right. The seventy-third minute. So so basically we had yeah. So basically we had twenty minutes to just pile on and and score two, three more goals, and we just we just had no interest really. Uh, There were I'm disappointed by that. Like I really think it's a missed opportunity to improve your goal differential to boost your confidence a little bit. Uh, At the end of the day, you're you're up against nine men. I expect more. Quite frankly, Uh, four one for me against nine men who have been down to nine men since like halfway the first half. It's it's just man, it's it's not really impressive. Yeah, I mean Um, the only positive is that it was really four goals in a half. Because I mean, whatever. mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I agree. I fully agree. It doesn't like it shouldn't. The excuse that we were just terrible in the first half, even though we had a two-man advantage, doesn't really make one feel too comfortable, or it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but you do bring up an interesting point. So in the table, let's talk about that a little bit. So going into the halfway break, Besiktas ends in fifth place. Uh, so again, obviously, 17 matches played, nine wins, three draws, five losses. Uh, only a plus five goal differential, so 27 goals for and 22 against. So just think, like, mm-hmm. we win this one by three, <laughs> and we only have a five goal differential differential in total. So it's really been yep. very lackluster, uh, especially as far as goals yep. scored. Yeah, it's all been because we, we got a lot of one-goal wins, I think. We kept quite a few clean sheets, surprisingly. You wouldn't think that of this goal differential. But then we had a couple of matches that we lost, which were just rather big margins. You know, we had the 3-0 against, uh, against Sivaspor. Um, 
We do, what else do we, do we have other big margin losses? I'm just trying to think. Oh, we had a four-one against Trabzonspor, three-one against Fenerbahce. Yeah, it's, it's been a so kind of like when it rains, it pours type of season. Yeah, we, we had some. Uh, well, especially the Fener, uh, the Trabzonspor and the Sivaspor matches were just really bad in terms of you know big big losses. Um, and I think we just didn't have enough other. We I don't think we had big wins. Otherwise, we had a one-nil. Uh, with lots of one nils and 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 you know one nil away at Konya, one nil at home against uh, um, who was it? Meh, whatever. Maybe, yeah, uh, and then whatever. we we lose we lose two nil at home to Malatya, so that's another minus two right there. So yeah, I mean, so like so the, at the end though, it, it's not. It's not a disaster as, as it could have been after the sort of minor collapse towards the end of this half of the season. Uh, but so fifth place in itself doesn't sound good, but we're only one point back on Fener, two points mm -hmm. back on Trabzon, three points back on Pashakashir, and that brings you all the way up to second. And then, of course, the real challenge at this point is Sivas in first place. And of course, you did not hear Galatasaray in the mix. They are two, point, two spots behind us in seventh. Uh, and just three points back, though, so they could catch up fairly easily. One shouldn't get too comfortable yeah. there. Uh, Alanya is also yeah, just definitely. one point back. Uh, and then it drops off after Galactus today, so there's a little bit of safety there. But uh, all in all, uh, that's where we stand at the midway point, and that's something. Yeah, I think we need to be honest. I mean, after the first, what is it, five games, if you would have told us, you'll look, you'll finish the first half of the season with 30 points, I think we would have all been pretty happy with that. And honestly, if you look at the previous two seasons, the season before we had 26 points halfway. I was going to say, 26 last year with Shenel Gonech. As an established yeah. manager with an, a fairly established roster, too, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that's points way less that. forgivable than, than uh, what we've seen with Abdul Abdi with a new team Definitely. and a new system yeah. with almost a new roster in many aspects. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Well, new system. We have to. We have to say that he did uh, go back to the old I system, know, though. I don't, like, don't want to acknowledge it. I'm, I'm hoping we're <laughs> moving somewhere. No, I don't. I, I don't think he'll be trying that anytime soon again. Honestly, bummer. But so yeah, there were yeah there were a lot of positives in 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 the new system that he was trying, but also it was also weakening us. And I think even Adam Leitch said it recently that in the beginning of the season he was playing in a. In, in not his natural role, but the, the most important thing is the team. But that that did hamper his performance, um, and yeah. So and well, he also acknowledged that the, his performance afterwards were was better, but not necessarily great. So he also had some. He did, it's not like he said, "Look, I was great afterwards" or anything. Once I was shifted back to the ten, he didn't say that. So uh, Light said some good stuff actually. Um, but yeah, no. Um, but so I mean, it brings us to an interesting. Yeah stage now right because you yeah. could so i mean the, the news generally coming in is, is fairly dire financially uh the tff has come in with strict rules as far as what clubs can spend to, to you know as because they gave money to pay for all the debt and everything and they're trying to control finances a bit so besha has been afforded essentially two million 
Turkish lira, I think, right? Not euro. Yeah. Uh, to, to spend, yeah. which is obviously nothing. And the logic would be that you'd sell in order to spend and then you can have more. But we don't have much to sell, if we're going to be honest here. Yeah. Um, but you also need to keep in mind that we didn't sell anyone in the summer and we bought quite a lot, mm -hmm, actually. Mm -hmm. And I'm just quickly going to get that, that up here. But I think we, we spent over 15 million in the summer so would you okay we're not under fire because i see a lot of tweets like uh well uefa say it's we're good to spend because we're not under financial fair play anymore while galtzrai fenerbahce trabzonspor are all under financial fair play and and tff isn't saying anything against them but what people need to keep in mind is look uefa monitor monitor over the course of a year and uh, yeah, we're exactly. just left our financial fair play we don't have to break even anymore on financial fair play but they aren't like communicating right now like i think if, if uefa would take a look at our books right now they would also say look you don't have anything to spend right now you already spent your you blew your load exactly, already yeah um, sell if, if you want to buy sell uh, which I, it's, I i have no problem with that honestly i think yeah me neither we did spend a bunch and we shouldn't really need that much anyway um you know we could we could yeah, probably find I mean, some sort of uh, i think the I the know. problem is that we can't really cheap out on what we need if i'm quite honest i agree i totally agree uh, no i i, I can think look, of a few yeah. scenarios where we could sell this and maybe you know cut some corners here and there and then uh sort of carve out just enough to spend on a, on a decent enough kind of thing but i don't know i i don't know if it's even really worth it because uh, then it means like you know all these guys who have finally settled into whatever's happening with the club now leaving and then kind of causing more upheaval just so that we could bring in maybe one player who potentially you know doesn't yeah. settle like and what if Barack is healthy just for the anyway? record by the way yeah yeah we we spent 15 point uh, 15 million eight hundred and fifty thousand so almost 16 million and we uh, sold for two million. The only player we sold was Gary Medel. So a net so, of like thirteen uh, and a half. So yeah, so we're, we're yeah we're like minus thirteen million eight hundred and fifty thousand in terms of that. So now some of our fans are thinking, oh well, look, why aren't why aren't Galtrai, why are Galtrai able to do transfers? Why are Trabzonspor able to do a transfer? You know, with because they got Indaya. Uh, why are um, Fenerbahce, who haven't done a transfer yet, but who are talking about transfers, why would they be able to do transfers? But you need to keep in mind, Fenerbahce sold Elif Elmas for 16 exactly. million over the summer, and they spent roughly 16 million. So they're right now they're minus 200 thousand. I got Champions uh, League money, and no, and so and and, yeah. and you can't think of it as them only allowing us to go two million in the hole. They're really allowing us to go 15 million, considering we've already gone yeah. 13. So yeah, it's it is euros. what it is. Um, yeah. I, you know, all I can say is like, if there's a scenario where someone wants to swoop in for, like, I don't even really know, Enzo, Enzo Rocco, maybe yeah. Germain Lenz, you know, some, something like that. Okay, we can talk. Uh, but I don't yeah. know. But the problem as well is with with, with Victor Ruiz. Uh, he's he's a great player. I think we saw it really early on. But he's been injured quite by a lot. If we sell if we sell Rocco now, we don't really have a backup it anymore. Means who are we going to play? Rotation. And that's yeah, the last yeah, thing exactly. I want to see. Quite honestly, that's exactly. What I would that almost means. rather uh, keep and Enzo Rocco and just like maintain. You know, I don't I don't know if what we can get in is going to sort of have a net positive well, for what we could potentially lose. I I wonder what the. What, 
I don't know exactly how the TFF thing works, because like, for example, with Financial Fair Play, it was um, the transfer limitations were, look, you can get what you spend. So if you spend, uh, no, you can you can spend what exactly. you get. So if you spend 5 million euros, you can, uh, if you get 5 million euros for a player, you can spend 5 yeah. million euros. But that's strictly Financial Fair Play. I think the TFF thing, I mean, just going purely on logic, I assume it works based on, look, transfers budget but your total budget i think is based on your total budget so all so uh, wages are important so i think if we we get rid of a couple of players like for example let's say we loan out tyler boyd who's on like 1.1 million that's 550,000 of wage budget freed up for a player that we could potentially loan mm -hmm. uh, so i think uh, let's say we we because there's, there's serious talk of tyler boyd being loaned out uh antalya spore kaiseri spore and greg yeah, Gugu, and uh, just, uh they're allowed yeah, to yeah. buy him back they would want to yeah, they would loan him. Uh, I don't think anyone would be buying because, uh, like, if we look at these clubs, Antalya Spor under financial restraints, Kaiser Spor under significant financial restraints, and Karagujur are not going to be able to buy anyone. Uh, Denise Spor is the only club I would think that would be able to buy him, but I don't even think that we would be willing to sell him because I don't think any of those clubs would be willing to pay what we paid, which is 2.4 million, and I can't see us sell him for. For a couple of hundred thousand, I don't just don't think. I think that would be stupid anyway, because I think you can probably sell him to the MLS for two million or more. So um, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I could see a guy like Boy being loaned out, and maybe a couple of other guys. I'm not really sure who, but that's the thing. Like you said before, like who do we sell? I think the only players that have significant value are players that if we sell them, we need to replace exactly. them. If we sell. Domagoj Vida, or if we sell Adem Lajic, even though Adem Lajic has not had the best season in the, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, if you sell Lajic, you need to bring in a worthy replacement. And um, bringing in a replacement at the number 10 position is going to be expensive if you want a good player. We got Adem Lajic for six and a half million, and Honestly, for what he is capable of, that is not much of a... That's, that's not a lot of money for a 27, 28-year-old player in the prime of his career, international, all that kind of stuff. And then, for example, you see guys like Guillerme being named. Look, I can tell you right now, Guillerme is a great player, but if we bring him in to replace Adam Laic, that is going to be Rodrigo Tabata oh, 2.0. I think even worse. As a Tabata fan... And Tabata... <laughs> Yeah, Tabata, Tabata was a fine player. I think Guillermo is a great player for Malatya Sport. And I think he's a, he's a fun and great little player. But he's also a type of player that, despite the fact that he gets a decent amount of assists and goals, he's also one of those players that uh, I remember vividly, uh, I think it was uh, the Fenerbahce game this season for Malatya Sport, where he missed like a massive one-on-one -on -one opportunity. I'm not saying that, that Lige doesn't miss those types of chances, but I'm just saying... And Guillermo is not so young I, anymore either. So. Yeah, Guillermo is like... 30 years old already i think so i mean look what are, what are you doing then and you're then you're selling a really good player that maybe isn't finding his form i think in part due to the team around him for uh, yeah a lesser uh, yeah i mean I'm, i think game is one of the best number 10s in the league but with all due respect He's a, one of the best number 10s in the league because he's playing for Malatya Sport. And Put it's kind of like, you know, saying it's like the sixth largest military in the world. There's a big drop off after three. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very similar in Turkey. Being one yeah, of the best number 10s in the world is great, or in, in the Turkish league is great in theory, but like, 
outside of the big clubs, there's a big drop off, honestly. And I don't it's like think... saying Adesiahovic is a, is one of the best strikers in the league. We, you know, would you want him? Yeah, exactly. Is, but but yeah, would you want to imagine a protest team? if he was yeah. the big? Can signing. you honestly? No, but could you honestly believe that he would perform at Besiktas, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, or even Trabzonspor? No. Do you think he will have those same numbers? Of course not. That's like Zafer Biriol back in the day for Konyaspor. Well, uh, and so and let's. Con, let's save some of this because we're going to have to, you know, have some content during the break. There's still at least, I think, two more episodes before we get into real football. But, um, yes, like, so let me briefly take a moment to talk, like, to break down the fourth wall a little bit. We're going to have an episode upcoming in the coming week uh, where we're going to do our decade review. We, we, we hoped it would sort of align with New Year's, but we're a little, we're lagging a bit. But, uh, but so we're going to finally have our big episode where we talk about your, our start, our top 11 players for the decade, um, where we talk about, you know, some of our favorite moments from the decade, uh, obviously relating to Besiktas. <laughs> um, and so look out for that. Please hit us up on our WhatsApp with your top 11s if you want to say something with your favorite moments uh on twitter of course you know we'll put out some some notes in the coming week to to remind you guys but yeah hit us up with all of your top 11s and and your favorite moments of the decade uh con do you have any comments on that uh there's a little more news to talk about as far as we have a couple friendlies coming up and then you know i want to talk about the yeah. next match but yeah, I mean, I I would just like to ask people, look, if you're going to go for team of the decade, try to keep longevity in mind a little bit. Yeah, um, exactly. I, you know, I think like we, we actually we just finished recording uh, our decade review for Football Turka And like, I think if it's a player that you associate more with the previous decade, like, for example, a Fabian Ernst. I was about to say Fabian Ernst is the know, best example of that. You know. Maybe leave him in that previous decade and, exactly. and go for players from this decade, you know? Even though Fabian Ernst still had a season with us in this decade, but, you know. No, we all remember agree. him fully for agree. coming in midway through the season in the 2008-2009 campaign and, and helping us win the league, uh, being one of the... Being Arjunti. Alongside so Yusuf Shimshek. No. Don't forget yeah. the man. Yeah. The long-haired, yeah. the Jesus-like, uh, the talismanic figure on the left. The Messiah. Wing. On the left. The Messiah on the left. Uh, but so anyway, last note before we we uh, hand it over to you guys for comments for the the decade episode. Uh, we do have some friendly scheduled now. January January eighth, very early, so nine a.m. here. So it's like I guess a three p.m. or something over there. But we're playing Mezokovejori, a uh, Hungarian side. I, I can assume just from the name. Um, any comments on on the friendly there? No, I just hope nobody gets injured and that uh, that 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 uh, you know uh, Burak and and, and Kudu and, and, and Ruiz uh, if they play, you know, I just hope those guys can uh, can get some decent uh, match fitness out of it. I just really hope that that those guys who we missed early on this season um, or who you know like Adam Kudu who just didn't play much at Tottenham and and just I think that one of the things that Abdullah actually said is that we don't want to overextend him because he hasn't been playing that much full games in recent years so he needs to be eased in a little bit uh, I just hope those guys can uh, hit their full form and I just hope that uh, Burak and, and Ruiz and, and Nkudu especially those three stay risked. spared of yeah, injuries exactly. maybe we don't even risk him uh, and if there is a transfer you know who knows but if there is that'd be a good chance to get them get their feet wet um, also of note, on the 10th, also very early, 
uh, Best Touch will be playing against Alti Nordu, which is slightly better competition, you would imagine. Uh, but also, you know, we don't have to A, try to win and B, you know, risk guys who might be uh, injury prone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one more, one more note I want to make, by the way, because I've, I've heard some people say this in recent weeks as well. Like, why don't we have a board member who spends some money? I think, you know, they had a meeting today with the TFF um about the budget and it came out of that came out that we only have two million t turkish lira to spend now honestly i don't think the tff will monitor it the same way that the uefa would do so i don't think that the tff would actually mind if a board member uh decides yeah, to out. float the bill of course not, yeah, yeah exactly and uh, in fact if they did i think that would be opening a big can of worms because then they have to start looking into the whole Vedat muric deal yeah what happened there uh, in, in, in regards to Fenner paying three and a half million, but it, in reality it was more like six million because uh, they also, the coach holding also started sponsoring Rizespor after that, which was a significant uh, euro or dollar value, whatever. Plus, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, no, you're absolutely so, right. so I don't think that the TFF are going to want to open that can of worms, although, you know, you never know when it comes to Bishitaj, they do have some double standards. And Fenner uh, as well, you know, the other, the other but, end of that thing. But I do. Yeah, but I do expect, honestly, um, you can, we can be sure that there will be a move. We know we need a move. At least, we need probably three moves at least, yeah. but we need especially a striker. Yeah, big time. And I think um, you can be certain because of the situation, the financial situation, but I do believe that after this meeting with the TFF where they were probably hoping they could get some wiggle room, uh, I, I do believe that some people in the board will probably, if needed, say, okay, you know what, I'll fork out, you know, one or two million to loan whatever this guy in or whatever, uh, you know, just yeah, enter maybe like the Kagawa deal last year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's Something hope so, like man. I Let's definitely hope so. Yeah. And maybe if it's even maybe a kind of big name, we can get someone to sponsor some big money to help out, <laughs> like a Balotelli, for example. Yeah, I mean, it should I be noted that uh, like Serdar Adali right, posted that picture of him going to, was it Germany? or I, I was confused because like the end of the road was like Milan. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we're going to Milan. So I was like, no, no, no. The next Ooh, stop. But Adali isn't in the... Not Serdar Adali, sorry. Who anymore. was it? Uh, who was it? Erdal Erdal, maybe. I, I don't remember. There was someone on the board. Uh, oh, I didn't see it, so I, I'm on, I missed that. So, where did he post that on, like Twitter, I think Instagram? It was an Instagram story, and it was like a picture of a highway, and, and, and huh. so that's why everyone okay. thought Balotelli was legit. But I don't. Who knows? We we shall see. Uh, but so yeah, final note: we'll be back for real, for real. Uh, our next legit match is going to be January 15th against. Bayukshahir Belediye Erzurumspor, or let's just call them Erzurumspor. Um, uh, was it in, in Erzurum first or in Istanbul? In Erzurum first. Okay, at the Kazim Karabekir really Stadium. It's going to be really cold in Erzurum on the 15th of January, I, I think, and uh, that's going to be tough. It could be one of those Don't snow matches. That. It could be one of those snow matches. I kind of look like, at, you know. Everyone likes a snow Maybe match. Maybe not necessarily a snow match, but I do believe that Erzurum is quite high altitude. Yeah, so, their uh, logo has mountains, I think. Yeah, so. so low air density or whatever, that, or high air density, what is it? Uh, yeah, plus, low, uh, low. Yeah, plus Lower cold. pressure, low air pressure. So it could, uh, be yeah, exactly. really, really, it could be a really tough match, so uh, let's hope we don't... Uh, 
uh, stumble there because yeah. I, I i hope we are gonna have a decent run in the cup this year i agree I'd, I'd like to maybe even win it honestly um and then the first match of the uh upcoming season is going to be against sivaspor on the 19th yep um, so we immediately have to be firing on all cylinders and that's also why it's important that we the transfers that we do need that they don't la that they don't uh you know that we make them that we, exactly. even if it's just one transfer we need to make that one ideally again like before those two friendlies even so that they can really play with some of these guys you know and get but, used to uh, what we're trying to do the sad truth is that it's probably going to be uh, the final week of the, the very month end. yeah like <laughs> after sivas <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah probably but so that's it i think that's all we have to really say this week um you know happy new year of course uh, thanks for tuning in. We're almost at our hundredth episode. Uh, it, it almost lines up with our decade episode. That would have been that would have been a perfect, uh, con, you know, conflation, conflagration. I don't even know what the word is here. Uh, you know, coordinating of things. But nonetheless, we will be back with our big decade episode. Please submit your team of the decade. Uh, we will put out reminders on Twitter and elsewhere. Whatever we got. Um, Khan, you want to take us out? Yeah, what what Sian just said, go uh, hit us up on at uh, Eagles underscore podcast and uh, let us know. Or uh, you can hit us up personal at uh, Sir underscore rights underscore a lot or at Rosarian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N or at Bishiklash underscore int, I-N-T. Um, and you can just let us know what your uh, team of the decade is, player of the decade, goal of the decade um you know transfer your favorite transfer of the decade whatever anything um just let us know your highlights of this past decade so 2010 until 2019 so basically yeah. the 2010 2011 season start there until yeah this season i guess i don't think there'll be much highlights from this season yeah um, well, yeah but maybe preferably hit us up on at eagles underscore podcast for that kind of stuff because so we can keep it all in one place makes yeah it exactly easier. yeah we'll try to funnel you there if we can um <laughs> yeah, I have let's one hope thing for uh, for for a great 2020 and i have and something important to say let's go basic touch uh, I got it, got it, that's my first one. Uh, yeah, man, uh, so, friendly, 8 a.m. or whatever, it's 9 a.m. here on the 8th. Do you have any idea where we're going to air that? Is it going to be aired? I hope it's not one of those damn YouTube things. Yeah. Well, you know what, I really hope that they do that because I really hope they, they, they air it on our YouTube channel because they're still yeah, trying exactly. to get They're still, you know, go and subscribe to the uh, special YouTube. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.